communion and we pray and we talk and we impact society for the better and it is a joy and a pleasure always doing this every Sunday when I come out here and I'm still you know teaching along the line of things that will help us in a new year that's a new year it's a brand new year yeah it's the uh, half of the month of January already so at least you can keep your mind to rest. They say January is 30, 45 days. You can keep your mind to rest. They say schools are resuming on the 18th. So I know that is because of the school fees in January. That's why they lose say January is 45 days. But just keep your mind to rest. Because what I'm going to tell you today is going to change your life forever. And it's the power of a mind. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so the man is. Like I said last week, it is time and it is a year where you need to start scrutinizing your thought process. Why is it that the real people that receive declarations are so quick to receive declarations the following year and nothing has changed in their life? Because they think it's just all about the declaration. The declarations are good. Let me tell you what the declaration does. It set things in motion for you. But the problem is your mindset can't carry what you are receiving. So there's a disconnect. In communication, there's something called decoding and encoding. When I encode something, if you can't decode it, it's a four power. So take for instance, if I came here and I know the pervasive language of millions of listeners out there, is English probably a little bit of pidgin English and broken English. And I come and I'm speaking Greek. And I'm saying Thessaloniki, blah, 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 blah. You would think aliens have invaded the radio station. You probably tune off. So I might still be saying these things I'm saying to you this morning in Greek. But because you cannot decode the encoding of my language, you tune off. And that's the way a lot of people's mind operate. God has decoded the blessings. Check the Bible. It's all there for you. Encoded the blessings in the Bible. Oh, this shall follow them if you believe you will cast out demons in my you will do this you do that great the bible is full of the blessings of god but what will make them decode that encoded blessing in the bible is the mindsets that they don't have so the problem is that there's a mental disconnect and let me tell you the disconnect is the reason why a lot of people live in the abject poverty they live in. Now, a lot of people want to argue with me as well. No, refines government. This, this, is that. <laughs> I'll break down the thesis of poverty for you. See, it's more than government. <laughs> you would see it's a cacophony of skewed mindset that snowballs into what it is today. The first question I'd like to ask is Did God create any man poor? No. In fact, what is poverty? Let's start from that. Poverty is lack. Lack of what? Money. 
Did man need money in the first place? No. When you get the money, what do you use the money to buy? Supplies. Oh, so why did you have to use money to chase supplies? Because recourses became slimmer. Why is it that people that have big expanse of land in the village don't really need that much money to chase the same food we are buying that is at an inflated rate in Lagos? Because his resources became slimmer. And how did resource become slimmer? Greed made resource slimmer. If you delve back historically, there's something called the latifundias, the agricultural land. Francis Fukuyama talked a lot about this in his book. All of a sudden, the land that was sufficient for everybody to grow their food, some people wanted to grab the land and let others work for them. So greed and the mindset of subjugation was what in fact lead, led to poverty. And that's why Adam Smith in the 1700s thought he could answer that question when he came and he said, what is economics? Study of wants, needs, scarce resources. Why did we have scarce resources in the first place? Gandhi has said it all. Gandhi said the world has enough to meet human need and human greed. The reason why we have scarce resources is because human beings wanted to be greedy. Where did the mindset of greed come from? Have you ever asked yourself that? So the reason for poverty is a mindset. And greed is so funny in the sense that greed even makes you take a lot of things you don't need and keep them while others could use them. It is the same greed and preservation that made some people say, okay, you know what? We want to be the up echelon of society. I don't want to mingle with the lower class. I asked them, was there societal stratification in the Garden of Eden? No. So the same greed led to them saying, no, let's keep this for ourselves. And the next thing a lot of people did as a result of the greed is they looked for ways to consolidate the greed. Suppression. Then it started with bow and arrows. Then they snowballed into flintlock muskets. All sorts of instruments for suppression. And it was a fight of territory. You see, I like to plot historical antecedents because, see, history is not about what happened. It's also telling the tales of what might have happened. What if people early days had not just been greedy? I know you will not go for that question me and say, Rufai, you remember Sigmund Freud that talked about id, ego, superego, and the fact that man can be rational and wants to accumulate all. But it is also a mental wiring that tells you that you must accumulate all to feel important. So everything goes back to the way your mind is set. Your importance really shouldn't be about how much you have in your bank account. It should be about impact. And how do you receive the blessings of God 
having a mindset of impact and doing. The past this year, a lot of people will complain that Rufai, ah, blah, 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 things are not working for me. But the part they don't tell me when they complain to me is that they can't hold the job down. There are a lot of people listening to me, they complain there's no job in Lagos. They can't wake up and report to a duty post at 7 a.m. It's a problem in Lagos. And I keep asking what's the big guy. Well, I remember when I, used to, when I just moved back and I used to work at the other radio station, my early days there. I used to live, I used to stay in Egbe. Egbe is 30 minutes after Ikoridu, at the power station there. I used to leave the house 2 a.m. in the morning to be able to get to work for 6 a.m. I left 2 a.m. because I'll probably get to garage 3, 4 o'clock. Because there's a bus that leaves the Ikoridu garage. That if you don't meet up with that bus by 4, probability you might not get to Lagos. You might not get to on the island by 5, 6. I did this for a year. It didn't break my back. A lot of people say that's so far I can't do it. That's how you can trace success. Some people you can look at their life and say, I know why he's successful, I know why he's failed. Because it's a new year, and this is the hard truth a lot of people will not tell you. Everything is set in your mind. So the reason why a lot of people don't do well is the mindset. The character of the mind. That's, you see, that's an important topic. I can speak on a whole year for the character of the mind. 52 Sundays in a year. We've done about three Sundays now. 40, 49 Sundays. The character of the mind. A lot of people don't try to understand the character and the makeup of their mind. They have not taken out time to purge their minds. That's what the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so he is. The Bible did not say, it is the richness of the blessings of God declared in the Bible that makes a man. It says, as a man thinketh, so he is. What was the book of, what was the book of the Songs of Solomon talking about, I mean, the book of Proverbs talking about in the Bible? was talking pretty much about the disposition of the mind. Oh, be careful when you do this. Be careful when you do that. It was pretty much talking about the character of the mind and the disposition of the mind. A lot of people don't understand that character. A lot of people, the wrong processes have hijacked the mind. Greed. The fact that I want to keep things that I'll never use. And don't we see it? That's why they are repatriating all the money now from the Swiss banks. Isn't it funny? Somebody is keeping all that money, thinking it was going to live forever. <laughs> but you know, some people will not still learn. It's the character of the mind. So, these are the pertinent questions we have. A lot of us, our minds operate what I call confirmation bias. The reason why things have not worked for you is confirmation bias. See, let me be honest with you. 
You see what confirmation bias does is it endangers the truth. Honestly and objectively. People can have concerns against the government. But the government too has done some things that are right. The government has done some things that are right. It's not holding brief for the government. I mean, for an average small business owner, if you check the finance bill, for instance, you say, okay, you know what? There's some thought around it for businesses. It might not be totally perfect. But you see what confirmation bias does is this. Confirmation bias tells you everything is evil as long as you're in opposition to what, who the person is. So a confirmation bias can never be analytical. And that's what's happening in Nigerian space today. For some people, nothing good comes out of the government. You have a right to do that, to air your views out. But have you ever asked yourself, is it objective? How can I prefer solution? Criticism, I call criticism subsidized learning. Criticism should be, oh, I don't like you doing this way. What if you did it this way? But in most of the narrative, I don't hear criticism saying, okay, what if you did it this way? It's just kill it. That's confirmation bias. And you know what confirmation bias does? It helps you look for stronger points to solidify your biases. It's just like when you say this group of people are bad. You're always looking for every news that talks bad about them. Is it that there's nothing one thing good in them? I was talking to a man who said he dealt with masturbation. And I plotted the chain of his mind reaction that led him to masturbation. He sexually harassed somebody and I plotted the chain of his mind to him. Anyway, the case was settled legally. And I plotted how his mind ruined him and he said, Rufai, you just changed my life. I told him that you didn't sexually harass that woman the day you did it. You started doing it from the first day. Your confirmation bias told you that, ah, this woman is fine. The next day I must sleep with her. You know, rather than admire the beauty of God in a woman, what some men do, they say this woman is fine, I must sleep with the person. So how is sleeping with the person affirmation of the beauty of God in them? How is a carnal knowledge of the person an affirmation of the beauty of God in them? So let me now plot it back to the mindset. Media. Because what the mind initially has heard before was, oh, ah, fine girl. I will take you to my room, ah. So media probably conditioned the mindset and now you start to look for confirmation bias. So the first thing you say it's when you see somebody that's beautiful. You tell her she's beautiful the first time. The second thing you say, you go one step further and send a message like, oh, I hope this is not embarrassing. I just want to tell you I love you so much. And you have your wife in the house. You don't love the woman. You're married to the woman. You say, you're married to the woman. You say, this is my better for work. But what you just want to do is to have carnal knowledge. So your confirmation bias is try the line of, oh, I love her. So when the woman says no, then it, it shifts to, violence and force because your confirmation bias is saying that what will make you a man is when you sleep with that woman and then in the end you sexually assault her and part of the things that led you to masturbating and sexually assaulting her at a point you will not be because of your confirmation bias in your mind you'll be secretly going to take the picture of the woman and be using that picture to masturbate somewhere 
Then at some point you say, you know what I want the real thing. And you do what you want. It's not the devil. Every, every time you say it's the devil, it's not the devil. It's because you didn't hold your mind properly and counter the narrative that came to your mind. So when people say, oh, it's the devil, invariably they're saying, it's my mind. You see, this preaching today, when I shared on the podcast, I wanted to share around the world, there is nobody on the face of the earth that would hear this that will not cause a revolution in their lives. Honestly. So the, 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 the times we say it's the devil, invariably we're trying to say, I didn't have the control over my mind. That's what the Bible says, renew your mind every day by reading the word of God. And that's why you see, the case I make every day and I say no Bible, no breakfast, is to be able to consciously subject your mind to what it needs. Because you see, as your body needs nurture, your mind needs nurture. And how do you nurture your mind? What you expose yourself to. Are you intentional about your exposure? So, confirmation bias is not always objective. And that's why you hear people say, eh, why that women sleep with their bosses now? So there's no big deal if I sleep with you. Bosses tell their subordinates in the office. No, not subordinates. Their colleagues in the office. So, what is really hijacking you is your mind. And the greatest thing you can have, eh, it's an open mind. Objective, analytical mind. I can tell you half of those that will call me today will never have an objective mind. It's a rarity. You see, objectivity of the mind is a maturity of the mind. And how do you do that? Exposure to different thoughts and ideas. An acceptance of the difference and variety in thoughts. You know what Epictus has said? Epictus has said something. He said books are the weights the mind carries. You know, like your hand needs weights. 4 kg, 5 kg, 6 kg in the gym. That's the way books and insights are for the mind. You see, a lot of these things I'm saying, eh? I can stay here from today till next year and make prophetic declarations. If you don't change your mind, you will never achieve anything. You know, some people, confirmation bias, they think nothing good can come out of Nigeria. I was watching the story of a Gambian, a Gambian carpenter that built one of the biggest estates in Port Harcourt. Are there challenges of doing business? Yes, now. I'm sure he probably faced it. But how come one of the biggest estates in Port Harcourt is built by a Gambian in Nigeria? I'm sure you will have seen they say probably go and be that in He said, ah, militant. Yeah, complain. There are some people that believe nothing can work in Nigeria. It's a confirmation bias. So they go to Canada and it works for them and they say, hey, Canada is the best. Yeah. But their success was in Nigeria. There are a lot of you that are in America that you didn't even need to travel that far to achieve success if you had just changed your mind. And if you had just told yourself, I'll make it work. Some will say, Rufai, stop, shut up. You know how frustrating it is? <laughs> yes, it's frustrating. 
But at the same time, have you tried asking, how do the people that make it to make it? And there are people that are making it legitimately. They are not cutting corners. They are just making it based on integrity. Shut up! What are you saying? They are making it based on integrity. There are challenges with businesses everywhere in the world. And that's why I say the greatest stupidity you can give to yourself in this country is being a partisan when it comes to politics. You should be committed for God and for country. It's for the betterment of your country. Even in your criticisms, how well can we do? Confirmation bias is what will make you criticize with a very vile rhetoric and hatred. You see, that's why there's a lot of hatred around. Polarity of hatred. Probably your parents told you, don't talk to those group of people. They're useless people. And parents too, please be careful in how you raise your children. A lot of children, they are rubbish today. Their minds are warped because you told them all sorts of lies. But you didn't even know anything yourself about the things you told your children. You messed up their mind tremendously. You messed up their mind tremendously. I once know somebody that told me, I said, <laughs> I said, I, I really like this lady a lot. I would have married her. Uh, and what she told you, I, I don't think my mom will accept a Yoruba man. <laughs> Today, she's still unmarried. She told me that. In fact, when I was reminding her, <laughs> she lied that, oh, I can't remember you said that. Parents, be careful. Because you see, the problem most of your children are facing is you bringing your begotten biases just to destroy the fine canvas of those children's life. Mothers, you told your child men and scorn, eh, because we saw a man that treated you bad. It didn't mean every man was going to treat her bad. We'll take a break now here, and we'll come back. communion and we pray and we talk and we impact society for the better and it is a joy and a pleasure always doing this every Sunday when I come out here and I'm still you know teaching along the line of things that will help us in a new year that's a new year it's a brand new year yeah it's the uh, half of the month of January already so at least you can keep your mind to rest. They say January is 30, 45 days. You can keep your mind to rest. They say schools are resuming on the 18th. So I know that is because of the school fees in January. That's why they lose say January is 45 days. But just keep your mind to rest. Because what I'm going to tell you today is going to change your life forever. And it's the power of a mind. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so the man is. Like I said last week, it is time and it is a year where you need to start scrutinizing your thought process. Why is it that the real people that receive declarations are so quick to receive declarations the following year 
and nothing has changed in their life because they think it's just all about the declaration. The declarations are good. Let me tell you what the declaration does. It sets things in motion for you. But the problem is your mindset can't carry what you are receiving. So there's a disconnect. In communication, there's something called decoding and encoding. When I encode something, if you can't decode it, it's a four part. So take for instance, if I came here and I know the pervasive language of millions of listeners out there is English, probably a little bit of pidgin English and broken English. And I come and I'm speaking Greek. And I'm saying Thessaloniki, blah, 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 blah. You would think aliens have invaded the radio station. You probably tune off. So I might still be saying these things I'm saying to you this morning in Greek, but because you cannot decode the encoding of my language, you tune off. And that's the way a lot of people's mind operate. God has decoded the blessings. Check the Bible. It's all there for you. Encoded the blessings in the Bible. Oh, this shall follow them if you believe. You will cast out demons in my You will do this. You will do that. Great. The Bible is full of the blessings of God. But what will make them decode that encoded blessing in the Bible is the mindset that they don't have. So the problem is that there's a mental disconnect. And let me tell you, the disconnect is the reason why a lot of people live in the abject poverty they live in. Now a lot of people want to argue with me. They go, no, refines government. It's this, is that. <laughs> I'll break down the thesis of poverty for you. See, it's more than government. <laughs> you would see it's a cacophony of skewed mindset that snowballs into what it is today. The first question I'd like to ask is, did God create any man poor? No. In fact, what is poverty? Let's not forget. Poverty is lack. Lack of what? Money. Did man need money in the first place? No. When you get the money, what do you use the money to buy? Supplies. Oh, so why did you have to use money to chase supplies? Because recourses became slimmer. Why is it that people that have big expanse of land in the village don't really need that much money to chase the same food we are buying that is at an inflated rate in Lagos? Because his resources became slimmer. And how did resource become slimmer? Greed made resource slimmer. If you delve back historically, there's something called the latifundias, the agricultural land. Francis Fukuyama talked a lot about this in his book. All of a sudden, the land that was sufficient for everybody to grow their food, some people wanted to grab the land and let others work for them. So greed and the mindset of subjugation was what in fact Lead led to poverty. And that's why Adam Smith in the 1700s thought he could answer that question. When he came, 
And he said, what is economics? Study of wants, needs, scarce resources. Why did we have scarce resources in the first place? Gandhi has said it all. Gandhi said, the world has enough to meet human need and human greed. The reason why we have scarce resources is because human beings wanted to be greedy. Where did the mindset of greed come from? Have you ever asked yourself that? So the reason for poverty is a mindset. And greed is so funny in the sense that greed even makes you take a lot of things you don't need and keep them. While others could use them. It is the same greed and preservation that made some people say, okay, you know what? We want to be the up echelon of society. We don't want to mingle with the lower class. I asked them, was there societal stratification in the Garden of Eden? No. So the same greed led to them saying, no, let's keep this for ourselves. And the next thing a lot of people did as a result of the greed is they looked for ways to consolidate the greed. Suppression. Then it started with bow and arrows. Then they snowballed into flintlock muskets. All sorts of instruments for suppression. And it was a fight of territory. You see, I like to plot historical antistance because, see, history is not about what happened. It's also telling the tales of what might have happened. What if people in early days had not just been greedy? I know you will now go further and question me and say, Rufai, you remember Sigmund Freud that talked about id, ego, superego, and the fact that man can be rational and wants to accumulate all. But it is also a mental wiring that tells you that you must accumulate all to feel important. So everything goes back to the way your mind is set. Your importance really shouldn't be about how much you have in your bank account. It should be about impact. And how do you receive the blessings of God? Having a mindset of impact and doing. Because this year a lot of people complain that Rufai, ah, blah, 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 things are not working for me. But the part they don't tell me when they complain to me is that they can't hold the job down. There are a lot of people listening to me, they complain there's no job in Lagos. They can't wake up and report to a duty post at 7 a.m. It's a problem in Lagos. And I keep asking what's the big guy. Well, I remember when I, used to, when I just moved back and I used to work at the other radio station, my early days there. I used to live, I used to stay in Egbe. Egbe is 30 minutes after Ikoribe, at the power station there. I used to leave the house 2 a.m. in the morning to be able to get to work for 6 a.m. I left 2 a.m. because I'll probably get to garage 3, 4 o'clock. Because there's a boss that lives in Korodu garage. That if you don't meet up with that boss by 4, probability you might not get to Lagos. You might not get to on the island by 5, 6. I did this for a year. It didn't break my back. A lot of people say that's so far. I can't do it. 
That's how you can trace success. Some people, you can look at their life and say, I know why he's successful, I know why he's failed. Because they knew you, and this is the hard truth a lot of people will not tell you. Everything is set in your mind. So the reason why a lot of people don't do well is the mindset. The character of the mind. That's, you see, that's an important topic. I can speak on a whole year for the character of the mind. 52 Sundays in a year. We've done about three Sundays now. 40, 49 Sundays. The character of the mind. A lot of people don't try to understand the character and the makeup of their mind. They have not taken out time to purge their minds. That's what the Bible says. As a man thinketh, so he is. The Bible did not say, it is the richness of the blessings of God declared in the Bible that makes a man. It says, as a man thinketh, so he is. What was the book of what was the book of the Songs of Solomon talking about? I mean, the book of Proverbs talking about in the Bible was talking pretty much about the disposition of the mind. Oh, be careful when you do this. Be careful when you do that. It was pretty much talking about the character of the mind and the disposition of the mind. A lot of people don't understand that character. A lot of people, the wrong processes have hijacked the mind. Greed. The fact that I want to keep things that I'll never use. And don't we see it? That's why they are repatriating all the money now from the Swiss banks. Isn't it funny? Somebody is keeping all that money, thinking it was going to live forever. <laughs> But you know, some people will not still learn. It's the character of the mind. So, these are the pertinent questions we have. A lot of us, our minds operate what I call confirmation bias. The reason why things have not worked for you is confirmation bias. See, let me be honest with you. You see what confirmation bias does is it endangers the truth, honestly and objectively. People can have concerns against the government, but the government too has done some things that are right. The government has done some things that are right. It's not holy brief for the government. I mean, for an average small business owner, if you check the finance bill, for instance, you say, okay, you know what? There was some thought around it for businesses. It might not be totally perfect. But you see what confirmation bias does is this. Confirmation bias tells you everything is evil as long as you're in opposition to what, who the person is. So a confirmation bias can never be analytical. And that's what's happening in Nigerian space today. For some people, nothing good comes out of the government. You have a right to do that, to air your views out. But have you ever asked yourself, is it objective? How can I prefer solution? Criticism, I call criticism subsidized learning. Criticism should be, oh, I don't like you doing this way. What if you did it this way? 
But in most of the narrative, I don't hear criticism saying, okay, what if you did it this way? It's just kill it. That's confirmation bias. And you know what confirmation bias does? It helps you look for stronger points to solidify your biases. It's just like when you say this group of people are bad. You're always looking for every news that talks bad about them. Is it that there's nothing one thing good in them? I was talking to a man who said he dealt with masturbation. And I plotted the chain of his mind reaction that led him to masturbation. He sexually harassed somebody and I plotted the chain of his mind to him. Anyway, the case was settled legally. And I plotted how his mind ruined him and he said, Rufa, you just changed my life. I told him that you didn't sexually harass that woman the day you did it. You started doing it from the first day. Your confirmation bias told you that, ah, this woman is fine. The next day I must sleep with her. You know, rather than admire the beauty of God in a woman, what some men do, they say, this woman is fine, I must sleep with the person. So how is sleeping with the person affirmation of the beauty of God in them? How is a carnal knowledge of the person an affirmation of the beauty of God in them? So let me now plot it back to the mindset. Media. Because what the mind initially has heard before was, oh, ah, fine girl. I will take you to my room, ah. So media probably conditioned the mindset and now you start to look for confirmation bias. So the first thing you say is when you see somebody that's beautiful, you tell her she's beautiful the first time. The second thing you say, you go one step further and send a message like, oh, I hope this is not embarrassing. I just want to tell you I love you so much. And you have your wife in the house. You don't love the woman. You're married to the woman. You say, you're married to the woman. You say, this is my better for work. But what you just want to do is to have carnal knowledge. So your confirmation bias is try the line of, oh, I love her. So when the woman says no, then it, it shifts to violence and force. Because your confirmation bias is saying that what will make you a man is when you sleep with that woman. And then in the end, you sexually assault her. And part of the things that led you to masturbating and sexually assaulting her, at a point you will not be, because of your confirmation bias in your mind, you'll be secretly going to take the picture of the woman and be using a picture to masturbate somewhere. Then at some point you say, you know what, I want the real thing. And you do what is wrong. It's not the devil. Every, every time you say it's the devil, it's not the devil. It's because you didn't hold your mind properly and counter the narrative that came to your mind. So when people say, oh, it's the devil, invariably they're saying, it's my mind. You see this preaching today, when I share it on the podcast, I want you to share around the world. There is nobody on the face of the earth that will hear this, that will not cause a revolution in their lives. Honestly. So the, 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 the times we say it's the devil, invariably we're trying to say, I didn't have the control over my mind. That's so what the Bible says, renew your mind every day by reading the word of God. And that's why you see, the case I make every day and I say no Bible, no breakfast, is to be able to consciously subject your mind to what it needs. Because you see, as your body needs nurture, your mind needs nurture. And how do you nurture your mind? What you expose yourself to. Are you intentional about your exposure?
So confirmation bias is not always objective. And that's why you hear people say, eh, but that woman sleep with their bosses now, so there's no big deal if I sleep with you. Bosses tell their subordinates in the office. No, not subordinates, their colleagues in the office. So what is really hijacking you is your mind. And the greatest thing you can have eh, is an open mind. Objective analytical mind. I can tell you half of those that will call me today will never have an objective mind. It's a rarity. You see, objectivity of the mind is a maturity of the mind. And how do you do that? Exposure to different thoughts and ideas. An acceptance of the difference and variety in thoughts. You know what Epictus has said? Epictus has said something. He said books are the weights the mind carries. You know, like your hand needs weights. 4 kg, 5 kg, 6 kg in the gym. That's the way books and insights are for the mind. You see, a lot of these things I'm saying, eh? I can stay here from today till next year and make prophetic declarations. If you don't change your mind, you will never achieve anything. You know, some people, confirmation bias, they think nothing good can come out of Nigeria. I was watching the story of a Gambian, a Gambian carpenter that built one of the biggest estates in Port Harcourt. Are there challenges of doing business? Yes, now. I'm sure he probably faced it. But how come one of the biggest estates in Port Harcourt is built by a Gambian in Nigeria? I'm sure you will have seen they say probably go and be that now. You say, ah, militant. Yeah, complain. There are some people that believe nothing can work in Nigeria. It's a confirmation bias. So they go to Canada and it works for them and they say, hey, Canada is the best. Yeah. But their success was in Nigeria. There are a lot of you that are in America that you don't even need to travel that far to achieve success if you had just changed your mind. And if you had just told yourself, I'll make it work. Some will say, Rufai, stop, shut up. You know how frustrating it is? <laughs> yes, it's frustrating. But at the same time, have you tried asking, how do the people that make it to make it? And there are people that are making it legitimately. They are not cutting corners. They're just making it based on integrity. Shut up! What are you saying? They are making it based on integrity. There are challenges with businesses everywhere in the world. And that's why I say the greatest stupidity you can give to yourself in this country is being a partisan when it comes to politics. You should be committed for God and for country. It's for the betterment of your country. Even in your criticisms, how well can we do? Confirmation bias is what will make you criticize with a very vile rhetoric and hatred. You see, that's why there's a lot of hatred around. Polarity of hatred. Probably your parents told you, don't talk to those group of people. They're useless people. And parents too, please be careful in how you raise your children. A lot of children, they are rubbish today. Their minds are warped because you told them all sorts of lies. Because you didn't even know anything yourself about the things you told your children. You messed up their mind tremendously. 
they messed up their mind tremendously. I once know somebody that told me, I said, eh. <laughs> I, said I, I really like this lady a lot. I would have married her. Uh, and what she told you, I, I don't think my mom will accept a Yoruba man. <laughs> Today she's still unmarried. She told me that. In fact, when I was reminding her, <laughs> she lied that, oh, I can't remember you said that. Parents, be careful. Because you see, the problem most of your children are facing is you bringing your begotten biases just to destroy the fine canvas of those children's life. Mothers, you told your child men and scorn, eh, because you saw a man that treated you bad. It didn't mean every man was going to treat her bad. We'll take a break now here, and we'll come back.